Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Preview. Good afternoon, football fans, and thank you for joining us on this Friday, September 16th edition of the Gavmar Sports College Football Throwdown. We are back for our second week of shows dedicated to help our listeners out with some insight on the games going around the country this weekend. And I am EJ, that Raymaker guy, and joining me, as always, on these shows is my good friend out in Montana, Eric DeHaan. Eric, what's happening, man? What's going on? Not much, man. Enjoying a beautiful day here in the Big Sky State. Really excited for this weekend's slate of football. I think we got uh, some games pegged, and think we're going to be able to help our listeners out. Yeah, that's what we're here to do, man. And uh, yeah, we, we we have some fun around here, of course. And uh, yeah, three get three big games on Friday night, Eric. We're going to get started with the Friday games because uh, you know we're going to pull one out of these three. Of course, Baylor's taking on Rice, and uh, Baylor's heavily favored at thirty-two or something like that, and sixty-seven on that total. Uh, Whatever that is, man. Of course, Arkansas State taking on Utah State, and you and I are going to discuss the final game of the slate tonight at 9:30 p.m. Arizona State taking on UT San Antonio, and uh, man, I, you know, 9:30 Eastern Time start, man. This is going to be quite a game, America. You know, obviously, I saw you have an article posted on GetMoreSports.com pertaining to this matchup, so I'm going to hand it over to you. You can walk us through what you like about this game, and then uh, we'll move on to this massive Saturday slate we got to attack, man. Yeah, well, we got uh, Chip Lindsey's crew uh, by Arizona State coming in the Alamo Dome, face the Roadrunners, Texas San Antonio. It should be an interesting game. You know, uh, Texas San Antonio's been trying to get that signature win for several years now. They've fallen short, and they're hoping to be able to come away with one tonight. It uh, could be a very high-scoring affair. There's a lot of offense on the field over there in Arizona State, and uh, I'm really looking forward to see how this one plays out. Yeah, man. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of an example of that Arizona State offense last weekend, man. I mean, holy cow. Uh, Man, they already have 112 points scored this year. Yeah, flying around, man. Now, how can Texas San Antonio hang around? This this line is about, what, 18 and a half, 19 right now. And that's a pretty low total, Eric. Uh, 59 and a half or 60 is not that high of a line to ask here. I, I, I'd love to know what you're going to put, put put your money where your mouth is on this play. Now, where are you going here? You know, I'm actually going on the over on this play. What what I really like about that is, and, and this is because I think both teams are going to have opportunities to score, and Arizona State knows how to take advantage of the red zone. I mean, the kid had eight touchdowns last week, Barrett. And, I mean, I don't see any reason why they're not going to be inside the 20 again. So, I could see plenty of points out of Arizona State. And what I like is I like the junior quarterback over there for the Roadrunners. 
Dylan Sturm got about 450 yards on the year. He's got about four touchdowns, and he's completing 73% of his passes. He's pretty accurate. Yeah. What about the team total here, man? I mean, I'm looking at that team total. I see 40. Uh, what, what, I, what, where, how are they going to stop them from scoring 40, man? I know, like you said, I know UT San Antonio is looking for that big win. It's not coming this week, man. Uh, it's not coming tonight, and it's, uh, it's just it's not going to happen, man. <laughs> that, that Arizona State team total of 40 kind of looks inviting to me. I, I, I don't see why you shy away from that either, man. I can't agree with you more. Arizona State is going to get their points for sure, and, and yeah. it's going to come down to that red zone production. You know, they they run that wildcat out of that that in that uh, when they get down close like that, and man, they're pretty hard to stop. I, I think you hit the Roadrunners are going to be uh, waiting until next year to get that signature victory, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, really. But uh, we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. <laughs> All right, you got some plays there. Let's move on, man. We got a big Saturday slate, high noon in Boone, North Carolina. Of course, Kids Brewer Stadium, otherwise known as The Rock, going to be hosting their biggest game. That is their biggest game in program history here at their stadium, man. Of course, uh, we saw Appalachian State did already hit Rocky Top in Tennessee this season on the road. You know, that's obviously a big venue as well, but, uh, you know, at home, they don't see clubs like this too often coming to town, man. So, Eric Belhunt, get us started here. Lead us into a play for the Appalachian State-Miami Hurricane game. Yeah, you know, they expect a record turnout for this game, and, you know, you can see why. I mean, they played some big games on the road. We know that they went to the big house. Everybody knows what they did years ago in the upset there, and we just seen them play in front of 100,000 people in Tennessee and performed really well. Really, they should have had that game won. Appalachian State, in my opinion, coaching staff let them down there. I mean, we even commented during that game about the clock management, and, you know, that was just horrifying yeah. to watch if you were a Mountaineers fan. But, uh yeah, this is a big game. The Hurricanes are coming in after, uh, you know, something Florida Atlantic pretty good to the tune of about 38 to 10. And uh, we're going to see if Ryan uh, Kanye can get on track here. He's been struggling a little bit this year. He said, I don't, I don't know if he's going to, man. You know, I'm actually, you know, obviously I'm 0-2 this year with Appalachian State totals. I know I'm, I'm, I'm finally going to learn my lesson a little bit here. I know I'm taking this first half total, and I'm playing it under, man. I'm playing this under 27 in this first half. I, 14-13, huh? You're telling me there's going to be three touchdowns and two field goals in the first half or at least two offenses? Oh, man, I'm not impressed with Miami's offense. You, you put up 70 points on Florida Atlantic, man. I, hey, you go, man. Have, you, have your fun with that with, the, with their first game. I, I, I don't care, man. <laughs> look, at, look at the defense these two have played, man. I, I, you know, Appalachian State walked into Tennessee and said, we're not scared of you. Yeah, you're supposed to be all that in a bag of chips in the SEC. We don't care. We're not afraid of you. And now you're talking about Miami quarterback who hasn't looked – man, he's, he hasn't looked all that great this year at all, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking his first half total under the 27. Where are you going with this, man? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Rainmaker. Senior signal caller, you know, Captain K over there from Miami had struggled. Luckily, the running game has backed him up. You know, they, they produced on the ground. And that, that these two teams are kind of mirroring each other in the fact they both lost receivers. Both of them like to run the ball. Both of them can run the ball, and both defenses are pretty solid on the outside, you know, with their cornerbacks and their safety plays. I, I just I, I think your under is a great pick there. I really do. And, uh, you know, I really think Appalachian State, I got them earlier four and a half. I love that half point here. I think they're going to stick around with Miami. I think they're going to give Miami all they can handle. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, if uh, Brett Kay doesn't figure out how to move the chains and they become one-dimensional, 
Appalachian State could pull this game out, you know, and it's not going to be a real big upset if they do. Yeah, and I think a lot – I bet you Las Vegas is sitting there begging for Appalachian State to win this football game because, man, you know, when the betters out there see a big Miami Hurricane program coming to town, you know, favored by four points, man, only four points. I'm sure so many people who are just blindly throwing their money around going, you know what, Miami Hurricanes is certainly going to be able to an O team walking into an Appalachian State. They already lost the game this year. Yeah, they lost to Tennessee in overtime, for God's sake, man. That, was, that wasn't just some, like – Oh, they're one and one, and they shouldn't really be here playing a game like this. You've got to be kidding me, man! I, I, they thought, dude, Las Vegas is going to love if Appalachian State upsets this team because there's going to be a lot of money made because the betting public's going to be all over Miami with that nice low little four-point little stuck me in line, man. And you know Vegas loves the sucker, man. So <laughs> yeah, I, I see a ton of suckers going on this weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, Appalachian State is for real. I believe that. We've seen what they did last year. We've seen all the returning seniors they have this year on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Mr. Land's going to have to work out some kinks with his wide receivers, but we know Mr. Cox, and he is a running machine. I just see this game. I don't see a whole lot of points in this game either, but I do see Appalachian State going toe-for-toe with Miami. You know, they have a salty defense over there at Appalachian State. It's going to be tough for my home to football, being that they can't you know, they're a one-dimensional team. I, I, I really like Appalachian State to keep this one close, and I could definitely see an under-affair. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. And, uh, you know, also at high noon taking place at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Oh, boy, Eric. Louisville and Florida State squared off in a pretty big, fat, woo big, fat ACC rival, man. It's a pretty big game. Obviously, Bobby Petrino and his uh, co-offensive coordinators, Lonnie Galloway and Chris Panakis, have it pretty good, man. You got you have a pretty nice luxury when you got a guy named Mr. Lamar Jackson running your offense. And Eric, you know, you and I watched that Cardinals-Syracuse game, and my God, man, Lamar made some Syracuse defenders look pretty bad, man. <laughs> Obviously, Florida State opened up at three points and a 65 on this total, and that's come down. Uh, now it's Florida State only by a single point and 68 on this total. Obviously, two top 10 teams in the rankings going out of here. And Eric Lamar Johnson, or Lamar Jackson, is responsible for 13 touchdowns in two games. There are 115 FBS teams who don't have 13 touchdowns this year at yeah. all. Dude, <laughs> this kid is ridiculous. He is. He is Michael Vick on steroids, man. I mean, come on, he just set an ACC record last week for total yards. 610 Louisville put up. They do it to huge chunks of yardage. They're number one in the country in total offense, number one in the country in points scored. And look at not only did Louisville set the ACC record, Mr. Jackson, to all of you listeners out there, set the FBS record last week when he passed for over 400 yards and ran for 175 more. <laughs> Just, uh, just shut up, man. I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> it really is, man. I, I think we all know what to expect here, man. I, you know, uh, Jimbo Fisher is certainly going to be tested. We already know the success that they've had against Louisville, man. Obviously, I think it's uh, 16 games, and Louisville's won two of those meetings. So, obviously, <laughs> Louisville has struggled with Florida State for years and years and years. But that has nothing to do with this year. Oh, man, here we go. Uh, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, you and I watched Louisville just absolutely pour it on Syracuse. 
And, you know, unfortunately, Syracuse is my team, and I had to sit here and go, ow, ow, and ow. Yeah. I mean, and Eric, you know what? It's the composure of this kid. I, 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 what do you say about about somebody who, you know, he sees he has about a 10-yard path to the end zone. He gets to the end zone. He puts the football down. He goes back to the sidelines and said, let's do it again, man. You know, I love that, Eric. I, I, I hated to sit here and watch him do it. At the same token, I loved it, Eric. I mean, there was no, yeah, we, we, wow, wow, we scored a touchdown. Oh, my God. Like, dude, the kid's been there before, and he acts like it. I love that. Eric, you know I love that. Yeah, I'm really impressed with the kid's composure. You know, and he likes to spread the rock around, too. He's got a couple of big, long receivers in Jamari Staples and James Quick. I mean, together they got, what, almost 300 yards receiving. They're both averaging almost 25. One's averaging over 25 yards a catch. They got a couple uh, touchdowns. They got solid play from Brandon Radcliffe out of the backfield. He's already rushed for almost 200 yards in a score. I, it's just they rip off yardage in chunks, man. It, it's really impressive to watch that Petrino offense work. Uh, completely, man. So what are we going to do here? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, there's obviously some action to have here. This total is so high. Uh, and I know it's not going to intimidate you. I, I, I kind of know where you're going here. Uh, Eric, I'm taking Louisville. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Florida State's not walking into Louisville. We saw what Ole Miss did to this team. And this is not the same Ole Miss team, you know, from the past couple of years, man. They're, they're, not the, they're not the greatest Ole Miss team. And Ole Miss made them look pretty bad, man. I understand it was 45-34. We all know the final score. Dude, Ole Miss handled them for a while there. I think Louisville's going to be able to do that. And their defense is good enough to not do what Ole Miss did and give up all those late scores, man. And obviously, you know you know as well as I do, and you and I have talked about it off the air, man. I, I, I mean, uh, uh, what do you call it? Florida State coaches. He's been doing this forever, man. Bobby Bowden. Ba- or Bobby Bowden. Eric, did I just say Bobby Bowden on the air? Yeah, man. Imagine that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big, big Jimbo Fisher, man. I'm telling you what. One thing I've noticed over the years since he's taken over that program is, in my opinion, and the opinion <laughs> of a lot of other people out there, is that he is the best coach for making halftime adjustments. And that's why I actually like two plays in this game. I like Louisville to be up at halftime, and I like the over. And let me, let me explain to you a little more on the over. You know, when you really watch Florida State against Ole Miss, once again, they struggled in the first half. They gave up some big-time yardage to Old Miss, and, and it was on big plays. Well, that's kind of what Louisville's all about. But you also look when Syracuse played Louisville, and I realize these are two different teams, but Syracuse kind of had their way throwing some big plays against uh, Louisville. And, you know, honestly, the quarterback over there, the freshman that, uh, you know, needs to figure it out, figured it out pretty quick in the second half. He looked amazing against Ole Miss. Yeah, he was, man. Yeah, he was. I mean, to have a second-half performance like that is pretty good. I just had to bring up Bobby Bowden, man, just because I felt like it. Pretty nice to be able to bring him up again. Man, how many people bring up Bobby Bowden on their shows anymore? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll take, uh, yeah, it's pretty great, man. Um, Louisville, I'll, I'll take Louisville to win this football game, man. Uh, I, but on top of having the crowd, and I think Louisville does have the better defense, and I don't think there's any question that Louisville's offense is better than Florida State's. I, I, you know, and the special teams obviously is a push here. I'm not going to give too, too much of an advantage to, to Florida State, even though some people could. And I think Louisville's going to be able to manage to keep the keep the keep the ball as long as they can. You know, even though they don't, they're not a team. With, Eric, obviously, they're they're, they're not going to be able to keep the uh, Florida State defense off the field too long because they're going to have pretty much 
plenty of success moving the ball. So I don't even think time of possession is going to be a factor here. I don't even think Louisville cares about time of possession. Yeah, I don't even think they've heard of that. I, you know, I really don't. I don't think they're going to hear of it all year. I mean, that's not their style. That's not what they do. Now, I do think that Jimbo Fisher is going to come out and he's going to be giving the ball to his best player. And, you know, I really think they're going to be looking at running the ball quite a bit there. I mean, if you if you really if you really want to limit the damage that can be done to you by Jackson, you got to keep him off the field. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And you know, what better way to do that than to control the ball and keep him off the field? And you know, running back Delvin Cook, giving him the ball, that could just make for another over because I mean, uh, we got a Heisman hopeful taking the field here. He's got 174 yards and two scores and eight receptions for another 110 yards. So I just see points of plenty in this game. Yeah, well, you're taking the over. Eh? I'm taking Louisville. So uh, let's move on. Here. And before we actually get to the second big game of our weekend here, Penn State's hosting Temple. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to laugh. Wow, Penn State. Penn State's laying five points at halftime here, Eric. And uh, I'm sorry. I see there a ticket to be cast. Uh, I'm saying Penn State better damn well be up by a touchdown at halftime here, man. Uh, you know, history stats here show Temple hasn't had too much success in Happy Valley, man. They've never scored more than 13 points in this place in their five meetings. And I don't think that's going to change at all here, man. I- I'm sorry. I know last year Temple beat Penn State 27-10. I got all that. I see some revenge coming here, man. Uh, Penn State, that pit loss, that was a big loss for them, man. Uh, Penn State obviously wanted that with all the thing going on with James Conner. Obviously, ESPN made a big deal about all that. And that was great. Uh, you know, obviously, James Conner got the win, and all the ESPN fans were going, oh, that was great with a big story about James Conner today. That was a great win for them. And that was a great win for them, man. ESPN did all they can to, to promote that, and they did well. The late news about Jahan Thomas, man. Oh, that doesn't help. Uh, obviously, he hasn't played all year. I guess he sprained his left wrist on Tuesday in practice, and if he can't go again, I'm sorry. Temple is not going to be beating uh, Penn State this weekend, Eric. Penn State minus five first half. I'm gonna, that, that's my play in this game. You want to throw something in here? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I like that play right there. I, I like it whether you take it full-time at eight and a half or halftime at five. And you're right. You take a Horning Watch list running back like Jahan Thomas off the list. I mean, that's 1,300 yards and 17 touchdowns from last year. And, and you know, Philip Walker, yeah, he is the all-time leading passer over in Temple, but he can only do so much. And this year he's got more interceptions than he has touchdowns, and he's been on his backside six different occasions. That's going to make for an unhappy Valley visit if uh, you, you you give up uh, the defensive line for uh, Penn State to run free like that. I, you know, that <laughs> combined also, you know, it's, it could be a long day for Temple. They really need Jahat back. And uh, the last, <laughs> when we were looking it up, we heard is that uh, it looked like he was really straining to handle the football on Tuesday with that sore thumb. So, you know, even if he does play, how, how effective is he going to be? He's not going to be at all. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's, it's, we're moving right on here, man. Just Penn State minus five first half. Uh, I'm playing it. That's obviously, you agree with it. That's just something we wanted to throw out there before we move to the later games in the day. And uh, we're going to move to Colorado, Michigan now. <laughs> Michigan hosting Colorado in the big house. Obviously, the Wolverines come out as big favorites. We saw them come out as 20-point favorites. Now that line is down to 19 at most sites out there, 56 on this total. And, Eric, how much did we love what? Mike, Mike McIntyre, the coach of the Buffaloes, took a nice shot at Jim Harbaugh this week. And I got to let you explain it, man, because when you told it to me, I died laughing. So hopefully you can present it to all of our listeners the same way you said it to me, man, because this is hysterical shit. 
Well, you know, Jim Harbaugh and classic Harbaugh style, synonymous for taking it, for uh, submitting his depth chart late. So Colorado decided they're going to have a little fun with that, and they went ahead and they uh, submitted their depth chart early, and uh, there were some familiar faces on that depth chart, but uh, not necessarily uh, associated with the gridiron. I seen uh, Elmer Foot. Elmer Foot was going to take the field. I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> and uh, the dude. I mean, come on, you got to have the dude on your team, don't you? I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was a nice little pose. Uh, you know, Harbaugh. He's a stiff. We all know this. He's a great coach. He's a stiff. He didn't like it. I think it's going to add a little intrigue for the game. And you know, this is a big game for Colorado. I think they're a progression team this year. I talked to you about, you know, how I think they're a progression team this year. They have a lot of seniors returning this year. They hung around in some pretty good games last year against some pretty decent Pac-12 competition. I mean, Utah, always tough, only beat them by six. UCLA, they were pretty tough last year, if we remember right. They only beat them by four. They went into USC and only lost by three. So, I mean, this is going to be a huge measuring stick for those seniors. I think they're going to be up and ready, man. Wow. wow. So, I mean, I, it sounds to me like you're actually going to be thinking dog here and trying to lay some points. And, oh, man, that's 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 craziness, Eric. Uh, you know, I, I know <laughs> going into the big house is never easy for anybody, man. Obviously, Hawaii had to do it after their Australia trip with uh, Cal, and they didn't have much success in there. And, obviously, Central Florida didn't go so well for them either, man. Obviously, uh, you know, if Colorado's going to regroup, obviously, man – I, I, I'm still lingering on the season-ending uh, season injury to Winfrey, man. You know, he was supposed to be that next guy who took over for Nelson Spruce, and now both of those guys are gone. Man. So who who's going to help catch the ball for Colorado? That's my concern, man. There's not much experience over there catching footballs. And when you have Michigan cornerbacks who we know can cover some guys over there, and we've already seen them do it, we know the names. Uh, there's no mystery. Everybody out there who knows what's going on in Michigan knows that they have cornerbacks who can play some football, man. And I, I don't think that bodes well for Colorado at all. I'm thinking this first half over 28, man. I'm sorry, 14-14. I think Colorado is going to be able to score. I think they're going to do it on the ground. I don't think they're going to do it through the air. I I, I don't see that happening, man. But I can see even if it's 30, wow, 17-14 halftime, Michigan, 28, there's 31, man. I'm thinking the first half over 28. Where do you think your money is going to be going in this game? Well, I'll tell you what. I got money going two ways in this game, and one of them is exactly that. It's not – I'm taking the over 55 and a half is where I got it at. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Colorado, I think Seafood's going to figure out a way to move the ball through the air. I disagree with you. Yeah. That, that, I, I, I really do. You know, Devin Ross and Shea Fields together almost have 300 yards, two scores, and Shea Fields is actually 31 yards a catch. I mean, I think they're going to be able to move the chains. And you're right, they have a pretty decent ground game. Michigan hasn't seen speed yet this year quite like Colorado's going to present on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I do think Colorado's going to find a way to get some points. You know, on the other, the flip side of that, too, is, uh, you know, Michigan has surprised everybody with their offense this year. But you do have to look who they played. I get that. But, boy, this this kid is this, uh, you know, junior state kid. He's been uh, he's been pretty impressive. You know, 500 yards and seven touchdowns and who would have thought that when you would have took a look at the rankings this year that uh, Michigan would be fifth in the nation of points scored, 480 yards a game. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Rainmaker. I definitely see them uh, 
gouging some holes in our Colorado defense, man. Yeah, I do too, man. I mean, that's the only concern I'm going to have here is just if uh, – but like you said, man, you know, Colorado was in a bunch of those games that they lost last year. I mean, even though the Oregon State – they did beat Oregon State on the road. But, uh, you know, losing to the UCLA, it's a four-point game. That USC game is pretty tough too, man. And obviously they had a couple ugly losses. And that was a tough season for Colorado last year. You really can't – we can't really judge everything by that. But, I mean, Michigan taking on Hawaii and UCF, man, uh, okay. Uh, what did anybody What did anybody else really expect to have happen in either one of those two games? We knew Hawaii was going to have a lot more on their hands, especially coming off of going, to, going to Hawaii uh, – from Hawaii to Australia, from Australia to Michigan. Just yeah. stop it, man. We all, we all knew Hawaii had no shot. They didn't even belong on that field, and that showed. I just think Michigan's offense, even though the, you know, they have the junior running that offense over there now, they haven't – you know, they haven't played anybody impressive. Obviously, when conference play starts, they're going to be tested and tested heavily. But until that comes, I don't know if Colorado is going to be able to provide the biggest test for them in the long run. But 19 is a lot of points, Eric. That's the problem. Yeah, it really is. You know, I, I firmly believe this is a measuring stick game for both teams. You know, it is yeah. it's a huge game. It's a huge game for the Buffalo seniors. They have a lot yeah. of guys back and on both sides of the ball. They've really shown an improvement over the last couple of years. This is their one chance to really make their, you know, make a name for themselves in the Pac-12 and in 2016. I think they're going to be fired up. And, again, Michigan, they look so strong. They look amazing on offense. We know their defense brings it. They're good to be in the big house. But, again, they really haven't played anyone that's really worth them writing a mom, you know, writing a mom about. So, this is kind of a measuring stick game. And, you know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a senior lady team to cover that. Wow. Wow. It's a pretty bossy play, man. Of course there's a ton of trends that point to this over too, man. Uh, obviously the over is uh the over's hitting the last six times. Michigan's been at home at the big house and I'm hoping that stretches to seven, man. Uh, there's so many other trends I could mention about why that total should be coming in. But like I mentioned, I'm taking that first half over twenty eight. And you're gonna uh, move that total up to fifty what did you say, fifty five and a half? I got it earlier in the week at fifty-five and a half, and I got uh, the Buffaloes at twenty. So those, those are those oh. are my plays on this game this week. Oh, pretty nice. Man. I think All right, let's move on. I have a lot of people in this game, Harry Rainmaker. I do. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot yeah. for the people. Yeah, it's a little bit different than last week, man. Last week we were, you know, we had some plays going against each other, and uh, this week we haven't had we haven't had much opposite yet, but. Uh, Let's move to Ohio State and Oklahoma, man. Another battle of ranked teams. Ohio State comes in fourth in the nation, and uh, yeah, the Sooners still remain in the top 15 despite that loss to Houston on opening weekend. Uh, they rebounded nicely with the big win over Monroe last weekend, but uh, big deal. Madison, Louisiana, Monroe, give me a break. Uh, you know, you and I are going to go opposite directions on this one, man. Although our plays are not exactly against each other, uh, I'm going to go Ohio State money line here to win this football game. Eric, here minus 110. I'm just not buying what the Stoops boys are selling this year, man. The Houston loss, the win over Monroe, all that preseason hype in Norman, Oklahoma, about Oklahoma this year, and here they come. Every time, man, we talked about earlier, just among you and I, when we saw Oklahoma came out, they were ranked fourth in the nation in the preseason poll. This might be the year. You know what happens every time Oklahoma is favored to do something, man. They find a way to choke and give it up. They're already one and one. They're going to be one and two when they walk out of this place, and that's it. Now Oklahoma's done in week three, season over. Sorry, and now I know. Here you go, man. Now it's your turn. Feel free to tell me why I'm wrong. 
Well, as our beloved Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> it's a must-win game for the Sooners. There's yep. no doubt about it. Yep. I think we both agree that loss to Houston is enough if they lose this game that they will not be playing for a championship. Ohio State, if they lose a close game in Norman, are still going to have a shot. This is a must-win game for the Sooners. Baker Mayfield is a scrappy quarterback. He's been smart with the ball. He's got five touchdowns. He's got no picks. That's pretty impressive to me. And let's not forget, in that Houston game, Mr. Perrine, the Heisman hopeful over there, went out before halftime and really didn't see any action again. He is back, he is healthy, and he's bringing about 3,000 yards worth of rushing over the last two years, and I think got 30-plus touchdowns to the game. Yeah, I just see Oklahoma at home in a must-win game moving the football, moving the football on that vaunted, no-name, rebuild defense in Ohio State. We're going to find out if they, yeah. if they really did rebuild for sure, aren't we? Yeah, well, you know what? We talked about last week, and we talked about how Ohio State and Alabama and all these certain teams, it don't matter who do you lose and how often you lose them and who comes in and who goes where, man, because all they're going to do is reload and reload and reload. Man, I know both, obviously Bowling Green and Tulsa, all right. Uh, you know, I, I know you expected Tulsa to put up a little bit more of a performance last weekend. Obviously, they got I smacked did. around. Yeah, yeah, they got smacked around, man. Kicking a field goal is about the best they could do all day. And I don't know, man. Obviously, that Houston loss, uh, you, you, man. Is, if Oklahoma was supposed to be the all-big, mighty Oklahoma Big 12, here they go. What the hell are you doing losing to Oklahoma on opening weekend, Eric? I'm sorry. I don't buy it, man. I'm not buying a single thing that the Sooners are selling. I think there's going to be a five. This is going to be a four or five loss team this year. Sorry, not losing. They're not winning, man. They're not winning anything. I'm sorry. I'm against, I'm completely against everything Oklahoma does. That's not happening. Wow. Four or five losses. Are you out your four mind? Four or five. Wow. That is bold. I, I, I yep. truly think this is a coin toss game. I'm not going to touch the winner. I, I think Oklahoma is going to be ahead of after. I think Oklahoma – I like the over here, the 63. I think Oklahoma is going to find a way to move the ball. The one thing Oklahoma does well is stop the run. They're 22nd in the nation. You know, I did Ohio State reloads. And, you know, J.P. Barrett's the real deal. I, I mean, they're second point scorers in the nation. They're fifth in total yards. And the defense is only fourth in points allowed. We discussed that competition over there. I get that. Barrett's already got, you know, what, nine total touchdowns? I mean, they have a great one-two punch with Mike Weber and Curtis Samuel. I mean, they're almost with 400 yards rushing. They're both averaging over six and a half a carry. Uh, you know, I'm KJ Hill, Samuel for receivers. I get it. I think they're going to produce, too. I think this is going to be one heck of a football game. I think you're yeah. underestimating the heart and soul of the Sooners over there, Stoops, who's yeah. going to have his boys fired up. And – Ohio State's not in the horseshoe anymore. So this should be a really fun game. I see a lot of points. I think it's a coin toss pick them game. I'm taking the over 63. Wow. All right. All right. So you're taking the over. I'm taking Ohio State money line. I thought you were going to be taking Oklahoma money line since there's really not much of a spread here to deal with. You know, I think Oklahoma, if I were to take anything, I think it would be at halftime. I think Urban Meyer, again, is kind of a lot like Jimbo Fisher. He's really good at halftime adjustments. Not that, not that Mr. Stoops is a slouch, 
But uh, if I was going to play anything with Oklahoma there, I'd be taking Oklahoma, come out fired up, Perrine getting in the end zone, Baker Mayfield making some stuff happen with his arms in his feet. And, uh, you know, I I think they're going to come out and uh, I'll I'll be a little bold here. And I'll say Oklahoma puts up over 17 points in the first half. Okay. All right, let's 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 review something here, man. You know, we're talking about Oklahoma. And I'm telling you, I think this team could lose four, maybe five games or something. All right, man, they go to TCU next, um, and, and they're going to have a bye week before they get there. So, that, you know, obviously TCU isn't the same team that they've been, but that, that's still not going to be an easy game for them, man. And they got Texas next. K State, we know K State's defense. K State's kind of a little bit more for real than they've been recently. So that, that's not going to be that tough or that easy of a game, man. Going to Texas Tech, okay. Going to Kansas, <laughs> all right. Going to Iowa State, all right. I got that too. Now uh, hosting Baylor, Baylor. That's going to be quite a game that might decide something too, man. Uh, having West Virginia on the road and then Oklahoma State in their final weekend, uh, yeah, I, I can see Oklahoma State or, or Oklahoma losing two of those games somewhere, man. Losing four games this year. Um, I really do. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's really going to hinge on this. Uh, you know, your four could have your four lost could happen, I think, if they lose this game. This, this, this is it for the Sooners this year. I mean, it's, it's do or die. It's do or die after that, lose, after that loss to Houston. It, it's really that cut and that dry. It, I just don't see the Sooners going out like that at home, not without a fight. That's why I'm going to take the total in this. It, it, to me, Vegas has this spread right on the money. I think it's a picking game. I know that you think it should be in the opposite direction, uh, you don't have any faith in the Sooners. I think Vegas knows what they're talking about here. I think Ohio yeah. State's gonna it's gonna be a measuring stick game for them and uh I see both teams putting up points, man. I really do. I don't know, man. I think when Ohio State walks out of walks out of Norman, Oklahoma with a win, all you're gonna hear from the Stips brothers is something like uh That's all I think you're going to hear, man. Bob's Stoops, right. that's it, man. <laughs> Let's move on, man. we got one more big game. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ballsy. I like it. Let's move on, man. <laughs> USC at Stanford, man. Oh, boy. This is our fourth and final big game of our weekend here on our show. And, uh, yeah, big Western Coast at 10 o'clock p.m. start on the East Coast. Of course, 7 p.m. local time in Palo Alto. And Stanford hosting USC. Trojans are getting nine points. And we look at a 52 and a half on their total. Stanford comes into this one with two weeks off to prepare and having uh, nice, well, that was nice, man. It's pretty nice to have an extra weekend to prepare for USC, especially when you've already beaten them down twice the way they did, man. Stanford crushed USC. Both meetings last year, they put up 41 in USC almost a year ago to the day, early in the year last year, and they put up another 41 in the Pac-12 conference title game that led to, uh, obviously, the Rose Bowl appearance and the win over Iowa. Of course, McCaffrey set a school record with 461 all-purpose yards in that Pac-12 title game. Hi, my name is Mr. McCaffrey, and I'm pretty good. Hey, Eric, man, uh, this is this is going to be a game and a half. A game and a half is we What a way to end the night. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It really is. You're, you're giving yeah. one of the best coaches in college football two weeks a game plan for USC. David Shaw is a game management coach Reason. to the max. I mean, he is Reason. solid. And you want to talk about reloading over there. I mean, you want to, you know, them in Utah, Stanford and Utah, are two teams yeah. that don't get credit 
for just reloading and reloading and reloading. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, and they do. It's it's very true, you know. So now we got, what do you got here? You got a really a first-year quarterback in Ryan Burns stepping in. He yeah. played a yeah. South Kansas State defense. I, 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 I personally watched it week one. I watched that whole game. And, you know, he at one point he was 11 for 11. He was playing David Shaw football. He was making the smart throws, the short throws. They were moving the chains. And believe me, Kansas State's defense is for real. So I was pretty impressed with that. You know, they held McCaffrey at one point in the game. We had 21 carries for 88 yards. You know, he did break yeah. a couple – he did make a couple big runs that really padded those stats. So it was a heavy, heavy dose of McCaffrey. I expect that again this week. And uh, we'll see if he can start working at tight ends. You know, we know all about tight ends over in Stanford. It, it should be interesting to see how David Shaw game plans his offense against his Trojan defense. Yeah, and Trojan, Trojan defense, our Trojan offense obviously has a little bit still to answer for for that absolute debacle in Alabama. Man, I, I, we all get that it was Alabama. Oh my man, they they that that was ugly. I mean, that was you know obviously Utah State. Okay, uh, okay, they're favored by 15 over Utah State, and they obviously beat the hell out of them. There was nothing really there to see. I don't know why we didn't take that last week, but what was Utah State going to do in USC? I think we missed that man. But anyway, uh, yeah, we we mentioned K State's defense earlier in the broadcast, and uh, you know, now we'll mention it again now that we have Stanford here because it's the only game Stanford's played. Yeah, man, uh, you know, two weeks off to prepare for them, number one. Number two, what they did to them last year, man, 41 points, not just once, but twice. How many people have you seen light up the USC defense twice for 41 points in one year, man? Because you're going to be looking back for a long time before you see that happen again. I'm sorry, man. Stanford's team total is 31 this weekend, and you've got to be kidding me. Thank you. Thank you. Four touchdowns and a field goal is all I need for Stanford to end up getting – that's the play I'm going to make. I don't care who wins. I don't care what goes on with this total, Eric. I'm not even going to bother myself with any of that, man. If you're going to tell me Stanford can't score 31 points against USC this weekend, well, convince me, man. Show me why they can't because I think they can. Well, I agree with you, Stanford, very well. Could score 31 points against USC. Although, I do believe that Stanford will be easier to game plan against this year with the new quarterback. Now, Max Brown over in USC is a new quarterback, too. And so far, mm-hmm. he has not found his way. He's got two touchdowns. He's got two picks. He's got, you know, he's averaging about 250 yards a day. Now, granted, huh, Alabama, I mean, <laughs> much of, yeah. they, you know, they are for real. We know this. They have reloaded. But, uh, you know, they do a running back by committee over there. Justin Williams is solid. Ware is solid. And Chuchu Smith. Only has eight catches for 65 yards. He has found that yeah. in some flights. I mean, he is too. We all know he's a top five receiver in FBS football. Yeah. And when, yes. one thing I noticed when I watched that Stanford game is that their their back line, their safeties and cornerbacks were getting beat regularly down the field by Kansas State. Kansas State's quarterback could not take advantage of that. Plus, if any listeners out there watch that game, they'll also know that there was some serious blatant pass interference calls that were not called because they would be. And if you're going to play like that against Juju Smith, it calls for some big problems. I think Juju Smith's going to have 125 yards and a couple scores tomorrow. I think USC's going to be able to at least run the ball enough to mix it up a little bit. 
I really do. And what I what I think it makes this game so fun is that the special teams and turnovers that we're going to see in this game, in my opinion, are going to really make this uh, who's who. You never know what's going to happen game. I mean, but Dory Jackson has got something to prove. We all know Christian McCaffrey is the best special teams player in FBS. It's not the best player in college football. But uh, Mr. Dory Jackson over there has had his share of accolades, punt returning, kick returning, and playing on the defense. I think he's going to be pumped up for this game. I see some serious productivity from both teams' special teams here. Yeah, and, and 52 and a half and 53, whatever you might get, depending on your book and what time you get that play, it's really not that high, man. I mean, obviously, if Stanford can put up 41 again, uh, uh, that, that 52 is going to get crushed because USC is going to put their points up. Yeah, man, I, I like I like your thinking there. Even though I do like the Stanford team total here, I I think USC, their team total is only going to be about 21 or 21 and a half as well, Eric. And I, you know, I, I, I respect Stanford's defense, and, and I get what they've done. Obviously, uh, you know, they have a pretty good defense over there. We know that, man. But, uh, man, stopping USC for, for uh, 60 minutes not going to be easy, man. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Are you you're taking the over two or no? No, actually, I am going to take USC to cover the ninth. Wow. I think they're gonna I think they definitely can hang with inside a touchdown. I do. I I think that line should be more four and a half. Uh when I see nine I liked it. I even have a play somewhere in uh in, in my playbook in there where I bought it up ten and a half and parlayed it with uh I think it was Cal at seven and a half I bought up. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with USC. I'm not gonna just throw them to the trash like you threw Oklahoma to the trash after the Alabama beatdown. So, you know, we're going to see. That's why they play the game. Uh, I agree with you. I think there could be more points than what they have on the board. I really do. Yeah. I, think I do. I think Stanford was exposed. I do with, with K-State. And K-State's not a passing team. We all know this. We yeah. both know this. You know, they're ball control. They're blue-collar, hard-nosed, defensive run game. And I'm telling you, that game was a lot closer than people think. USC yeah. is more explosive. I think they can take advantage of uh, a secondary over there in Stanford, but uh, we'll have to see. David Shaw's amazing. You're going to give them two weeks. It, it could be a long day. It, it'll be a fun game. I'm, I'm going to take USC to cover the nine. I think it's too many points. Yeah, 54 and 14 coaching records, obviously pretty good when you've coached 68 games and you won 54 of them. Yeah, you're doing okay. So, yeah, yeah. man, I, 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 I'm surprised that neither one of us are touching this total, even though we both kind of really expect some points here. Eric, I, I, can't we just convince each other and convince our listeners right now to, to drag this 53 into your action too, Eric? I'm sorry. I, I, think, 30, I think 31 points for Stanford is kind of hysterical a little bit, man. I, I think they're going to get 38 to 41 again. Uh, I don't think USC is going to just not be not, – uh, oh, I'm sorry, not going to be able to recover from what they saw last year twice. Man, stop. They obviously don't have an answer for McCaffrey, man. And McCaffrey obviously knows this. He better have himself a day. Obviously, I'm going to need him to, man, if I'm going to hit that team total of 31. And Eric, I'm going to, I'm going to put some, some kind of action on this total to go over the 53 or 52 and a half, too. Just, just a little something, man. I got to do it. Sold. I'll, I'll jump right. on that train with you, brother. I agree. Right. I, I agree. I, I, I told you before the podcast, I like the over. I like USC. I just feel more yeah. confident with the USC cover. But you know what? I'm all over right. that over. Right. 52 is just too low. If they put that around 61, maybe 58, I hesitate a little more. But I, I definitely think both teams can get in the 20s there. 
Um, you think Stanford's going to get in the 30s? I mean, how are you not going to hit an over if you do that? You know what, yeah. Maker? I'll go with you, brother. Man. That's what I'm saying, man. So, obviously, for everybody out there, we, we just fucked ourselves into the total and playing that over over there as well. So, all right, we're going to get to our final segments here. Dog, this is for me and me only. And it's about dogs of the weekend. And, uh, oh, Eric, I, you know what, man? <laughs> Pittsburgh going into Oklahoma State, getting four and a half points. Of course, that total was six at one point. And now it's down to four and a half. I'm sorry, man. Pittsburgh looked pretty damn good against Penn State. We obviously discussed them a little bit in our Penn State uh, Temple discussion. And, man, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh money line sitting there at plus 160 or plus 170. Like, Pitt can't walk into Oklahoma State and beat them. Are you out of your mind, man? I'm sorry. I think Pittsburgh can certainly do that, man. I'm taking Cal and that plus eight versus Texas as well. And New Mexico State's getting 21 and a half in Kentucky. Now, look, I, I get New Mexico State still without Larry Rose, the third. And he's been out again. He's been out all year. That hurts them. I, they could certainly use that kid. But Jordan Jones, what the hell were you doing with those with those comments? Hey, we gave up against Florida State. We gave up our team. We, we were a bunch of bums. We gave up. The, the last thing you want to do as a quarterback is tell your team that they gave up and put yourself in a – Bigger shit situation. So now Kentucky's in a little out of shell. What the hell's Kentucky doing favored by 21 and a half over anybody? I don't know, SEC. Shut up. Give me a break, man. New Mexico State coming off that big win over New Mexico, obviously, as well. They were favored to lose. Yeah, they came away with that win. I think New Mexico State getting 21 and a half for Kentucky is hysterical. So, yeah, pit four and a half and the pit money line, plus 160, plus 170. Beautiful, outright doggy win. Cal plus eight in New Mexico State get 21 and a half for my little, all my little doggy suggestions of the weekend. So, Eric, you want to park with me, man? Park with me. Yeah, you know, I love it. I, and again, I just kind of want to hit up on that Kentucky game real quick. I mean, would you, would you please explain to me why there's not going to be a bunch of points in that game, too? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, every, every New Mexico State over six for like the last decade. And now they're going to go play an SEC team who you obviously think is garbage. And that obviously you think if they're going to come, they're going to score. I mean, maybe we're going to have to take another long look at that one when we get off the air here too. But uh, yeah, I, I, we talked earlier about uh, the pit. I know you were not impressed with Oklahoma State. I like that pick. I actually have pit at four and a half on my board in a parlay. And that, you know, I love your dog pick. I think Pitt's just going to take you down. I really do. Uh, the only reason I didn't take that is you took that. I kind of want to give a little bit of, you know, diversity on our picks here for the viewers. So, uh, well, here's what I got. First of all, I'm going to start on the opposite end, and I'm just going to give my outright dog pick right now. I'm taking Massachusetts. Yay. Hey. I mean, come on. They're, they're a gritty little club over there. I mean, yeah, I understand. It's only a point. At any point, that game could be a pick'em game. But uh, you know, I like I like UMass. I just do. Yeah. I really think UMass is a yeah. They're a gritty yeah. little team. I, I you know, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm gonna pay a little attention to them this year. So uh, they're gonna give me UMass at home and Florida International. I mean, I don't know what what do you want to say about Florida International? I mean, we watch them absolutely get ripped apart. We watch. Uh, we have a new name now for their quarterback, Mr. Magoo, over there, who got oh, whip slam. Yeah, who got a blatant whip slam, and now he's out with a back injury. He might play, but I mean, I'm surprised not every freaking 
biscuit his back popped out after that deal. So, yeah, you know, I don't think there's going to be too many points in this game. I'm just going to go with the home team. I'm going to take the home dog. I think it's a a one-and-a-half-point game. Uh, Give me Massachusetts as my dog. I also uh, like K-State. You know, 23, Florida Atlantic's coming to town. Good luck with that defense. The reason I looked at 23, I don't play a whole lot of favorites. We all know this. You know this. But, uh, man, if you're only – if the team that you're playing that you got to cover 23 in is only going to score 10, give me the give me K-State at home at 23. I, I really think so. I, I You know, they're a pretty stout defense. Again, my next pick, San Diego State minus 12. Once again, exact same theory there. I mean, if the team that you're playing is only going to score 10 – you, you know, San Diego State's got Mr. Pumphrey. They don't. That kid is amazing. I watched him basically. It reminds me a lot of about 15 years ago when Cade McNown was squaring off against Edron James down in Miami. And I think Edron James had almost 300 yards rushing, and Cade McNown had like 500 yards passing. And that was an amazing game. I, I believe UCLA got the best of the, my Hurricanes then, but. You know, Pumphrey matched Davis Webb offensively with his feet. Good luck stopping that kid. I'm taking San Diego State minus 12. And uh, I like Western Michigan and Illinois over 54. Western uh, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, right. I really do. I, you know, I know it was Hawaii, but they have an amazing wide receiver over there. That offense, they have a senior-laden team. They're not scared. Illinois has been in shambles. They brought in Lovey Smith and bunch of experts over there to get the job done. It seems like maybe the offense is coming around. They put up some points last week. I can see, you know, they are a Big Ten team. I can see these teams scoring in the, you know, high 20s apiece over there. I like that 54. And uh, just one honorable mention I'm going to throw out there because I had to – I'm only giving three. I had to throw this out. But I just want to let all the listeners out there that I personally will be taking the Syracuse over no matter how many points they put on the board. All year long until that over doesn't hit. You heard it there. It's mm-hmm. 74. South Florida's coming to town. South Florida can <laughs> move the ball as good as anybody in the nation. Syracuse is going to run 110 plays. We've seen Syracuse make some pretty dang good plays against Louisville, whose defense isn't that bad. <laughs> 74, I'm taking it. Wow. And my honorable mention might just be that San Jose State, Utah, over 50, man. Uh, uh. I'm sorry. If Utah doesn't score 50 of their own points against San Jose State, I just don't know what I'm talking about then. Uh, man, I'm sorry. Utah is going to walk into San Jose State and smack those people around like they have no business, man. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that over 50 is playable, uh, more than playable to me. I, I I don't see why. You know, Obviously, we don't bring up that, that big – we can't feature that big that, – that kind of a game around here, but I certainly want to suggest that San Jose State, Utah, over 50, man. I think Utah is going to score 50 themselves. So if you ever do end up seeing a team total for them, take it because you'll get cash in your ticket. <laughs> oh, Make money. Make money. Make money. Yeah, that's it. All right, man. We got a lot. We got a lot. We got lots. Well, it was pretty fun, man. We got a lot. Big show today. A lot to discuss. Cool. We got some big games out there. Little mediocre games out there. I think we did a pretty great job, man. I hope everybody out there is appreciating what you and I are doing, my friend. Yeah, you know, man, we're here for everybody else, really. I think, mean, you know, everybody that's, that's going to be listening to this that likes to have some action on games, especially college football, there's so many to choose from. It's so much fun. 
you know, I hope they understand, you know, this isn't easy what we're trying to do. We're just trying to, you know, maybe maybe we can get something out there that can make some people some money and bring them back. You know, that's what it's all about, trying to help everyone out. And Yeah, I'm having a ball. I really am. I, I, I was, uh, you know, I think I was three or four games over last week, and, you know, I'm really trying to shoot for that vaunted 60% on a year. I mean, not many people do that. So, you know, I'm really hoping to have a strong week, and uh, if I have a strong week, and the listeners take what I say and have a strong week. Yeah, that's good enough for me, man. Yeah, man. No, I hear you. I know I had a pretty decent week myself last weekend. Of course, I went uh, six and two in the NFL, including that Jet game yesterday. So I'm doing okay there too. And yeah, definitely check out our Major League Fantasy Sports uh, Fantasy Show that we do every Sunday in uh, MajorLeagueFantasySports.com. We have some fun over there too. We do that show every Sunday morning at eleven o'clock. So tune into that and. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Here we go. I, you know, yeah, that's fun. And uh, Eric, you know, thanks so much for hanging out with me again this weekend, man. I, this is this is what we do. We have we have a, pretty, a lot of fun doing this stuff, man. Yeah, I do. I have a ball. I mean, it, it's a treat for me. I really enjoy it. You know, I write over at Get More Sports. If any of our listeners want to go and reach, I, I highlight more college games than we just talked about here on the air. Sometimes I do the ones we talked about here on the air. It's a little more in-depth analysis that. Uh, Maybe our listeners, if they want to go read a little, can figure out. But uh, yeah, this, is, this is a treat for me. I'm, I'm glad you asked me back this year. Uh, it's just getting started. It's just getting better every week, man. I, I'm just tickled pink. I, I, I can't wait. Tell, tell people what else you do if you get more sports, man, because obviously you're covering all the tracks and getting all the, the rubber on the cement. Uh, forget more sports. Tell everybody what you got going on this weekend on the track, too, man. Yeah, it, it's a big week for auto racing. Uh, for all the auto racing enthusiasts out there, the chase is starting up in Chicagoland. Uh, we're going to have a final grid set for the Xfinity Racer after Chicagoland. The trucks are getting underway in Chicagoland. I mean, this, this is it's going to be an Indy car. It's going to have a champion crown. I mean, this is going to be a great weekend of sports. The UFC's got three fights for all the you know viewers on Fox. I mean, it, it's just going to be a it's a sports palooza weekend. No, it really is, man. Throw in all the football, uh, I should say soccer, I guess, too, between the, you know, between the NFL and college football and throw in all the Italy and all the, the MLS and the North American Soccer League. Of course, I'll be at the Cosmos yeah. game tomorrow night myself. And yeah, here we go, man. But I think okay, let's, uh, let's get everybody out of here. Cause we, you know, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to hang out with the Get More Sports College Football Throwdown. I'm, I'm EJ, the Rainmaker, of course, and that's Eric Dehan. And, uh, you know, we have a blast around here. So we hope uh, you all enjoy our show. Uh, to the next week, of course, uh, I'll put out a link out there that you guys get a phone number. If anybody wants to start calling in and talking to us, you're more than welcome to do that. If you have a play in mind or something you want some advice on, Eric and I will certainly help you with that. So, uh, you know, feel free to t- tune in and uh, give us a call. We'll take your calls for sure. So let's have a good weekend, everybody. Make some money and make it rain. <laughs>
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.